Welcome to the podcast I affectionately call the five C's. What does that stand for? Clarity and collaboration for the community of climate change makers. Phew, mouthful, right? (laughs) Today, we are concluding our first series about climate anxiety for the community. We've been talking with board-certified health coach Mike Vera. As the founder of Red Pill Health and Wellness, he is dedicated to debunking health myths and empowering individuals with scientifically accurate information. He's also the host of the Healthy and Awake podcast, which I strongly recommend you seek out and give a listen to. All of Mike's links are in the show notes. Thus far, We have learned about Mike's views and approach to understanding the influence of propaganda and guiding clients in controlling their environment and thoughts to achieve their health objectives. We've heard a staunch advocate for critical thinking, and we've discussed how a personalized standard operating procedure can help us regulate our moods, our emotions, and our activities. Today, I think, is the best of the three episodes. I push him to get very, very specific to help you deal with some of the climate anxiety you might be feeling. We both get pretty granular and detailed. Fair warning, there are no F-bombs in this episode, but it does get a bit salty at times. Saltiness aside, you really want to listen to this episode. I, th- I think I've heard you just say five different things should be in your SOP. Um, some kind of proper eating, whatever that mm-hmm. means. A little bit of exercise, a little bit of a relaxation, a little bit of self-care, and a little bit of mindfulness. Those are the five things I've just heard you kind of say. That's kind of what's in an SOP. Did I did I hear that properly? I think those are great elements to have in an SOP. i I wouldn't go as far just because I, I try not to be so uh, direct with these types of words because I know people, like I said, di- people apply it differently because most people I think should care about self-care and relaxation and those sorts of things. But just because of my training as a health coach, I never come from a place of this is what you have to do. I would never start by saying, hey, let's make your SOP today. Let's start by, I want you to think about your morning routine and how you're going to fit exercise in there. Uh, I want you to think about the foods that you're going to eat. I don't really tell people what to do. As a health coach, I kind of pull things out of them. Like, hey, what are you thinking? Okay, so I heard you say that you're thinking X, Y, and Z. What else? And then we'll dig deeper. Hmm, okay, I'm hearing a conflict there. I'm hearing on one hand, you want to do this. On the other hand, you want to do this. Let's go into that. And so I'm really just pulling everything out of them. And then at the end of of that phase, we go, all right, here's everything on the table. Here's what you want to do. Here's what you're doing. Here's how you think we're going to get there. Let's put it all together. So in a sense, yes, I agree with you. Those are elements that as a health-oriented person, I would recommend are in your SOP. But I just don't come from a place of suggesting specific things uh, to add on there, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And where I'm coming from is I'm thinking of the listeners who are overwhelmed Mm. by all the daily negative news about how this part in the world is dying and that part of the world is dying and the, the globe is falling apart and we only have X number of decades left in the doomsday clock. And so where I'm coming from is I, I, I'm trying to help them uh, because I, to me, 
when you're feeling anxious or, or overwhelmed, that isn't necessarily a mental illness problem. Um, that it, that falls under my definition of project manager of my health. And so where I'm, where I'm wanting to push you is to say, okay, so for these people that are, are, are overwhelmed and anxious and saying, what the hell am I doing? Would it be a fair statement to say, hey, look at your SOP. If you've got four out of five, you're doing well. If you've got one out of five or zero out of five, you might want to consider either calling Mike or taking Mike's wisdom, which is a bit of exercise, a bit of health, a bit of relaxation, a bit of self-care and a bit of mindfulness. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I would actually take it further. I would add a few things to that. Okay. Um, one of them, and this very much goes along with what you're saying, is to actually plan relaxation, which might sound obvious to some people and to others, not so much. Because when we create these systems for ourselves, the first things we usually think of are all the obligations, all the things that we have to do. And we kind of in the back of our mind have this idea of like, yeah, this is towards relaxation. If I get all this shit done, then I can kind of relax. Um, but many of us fail to consciously program that into our schedules for a number of reasons, right? Some people maybe feel guilty about taking time to relax. I've certainly been there. Some people, maybe they just don't think of it at all. Whatever the reason is, I believe firmly that we should plan relaxation the same way that we would plan a dentist appointment. We'll add that into our calendar. We'll schedule specific times, you know, because social health is an aspect of health. If, if, you know, relaxation for you means going out to hang out with your friends. And we live in a world where it can be easy to get caught up in our work and our family and all these different things. And that's fine. That's great. But I don't think that means we should neglect time to just relax and do nothing or do almost nothing. So that's one thing is taking what you said even a little bit further. The other thing is almost the opposite of what I just said. And that is to seek out anti-fragility. So I, I think there are times in life where we are uncomfortable and stressed and overwhelmed, and that's going to happen. That's a part of life. I mean, it is really a part of life. Life is very uncomfortable. And I think sometimes we also forget to just you know, toughen up a little bit. And, and I'm not saying that disparagingly. I'm not saying anyone's weak or I'm not trying to be mean here. But, you know, one of the results of exercise is not only physical toughness, but mental toughness as well. So that, but we don't only get that from exercise, right? Mental toughness does come from exercise, but it also comes from a place of concerted effort, right? Uh, it also, uh, unfortunately, comes from a place of just going through heavy challenges in life. Uh, so when you lose loved ones, when you maybe get fired from a job or you're, you have some kind of catastrophe happen in your life, you know, most people who are resilient and push themselves forward, they develop a type of mental callus. It makes them tougher. So, you know, I hope I don't sound at all cold in saying this sort of thing. I'm just trying to present the value of making an effort to be mentally tough as well as making sure we get in that relaxation time where we, we do that self-care and as much as we are trying to be tough, we're not too hard on ourselves either. It's, it's a balancing act. I, I will say from a, just speaking personally, um, 
I definitely resonate with what you're saying. I don't believe that we come into life and get any freebies. We have to, we have to endure. And the way you endure is to build up your strength of, of, of mental toughness and resilience. And the, the only way you do that is you go through shit. Sorry. It's horrible stuff. And sometimes we can do it our, ourselves and many times we can't. And, and leaning on another person, whether professional or not, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And what you're saying is recognize that nobody past, present or future living has ever had it super easy. We are in that point of view, even though we're living in horrible times, many feel we are actually no different. And it still is up to us to find the strength. We're not going to find that strength I don't believe from the government. We're not going to find it from public health. We're not going to find it from teachers. We, it, we, we have to find it internally and pull it up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you really think about it, stress is not optional. When you wake up, you can guarantee that the day ahead of you will be stressful. It's a matter of what kind of stress do you want to have? Do you want to inflict your own stress? and exercise because exercise is stressful. Like physiologically, it is stressful in the body. So do, do you want to be stressed by some asshole in traffic that's just, you know, sitting there like everybody else? Or do you want to choose your own stress and exercise, something that actually promotes your health, something that builds your resilience to more stress down the road? Because when you exercise, you're not just building up your muscles. That's that's barely even a factor when you think of what exercise really does. It's building up your nervous system. Your nervous system is what deals with the stress. So the stress is mandatory every single day of your life. It's just a matter of how stressed do you want, like what kind of stress do you want exactly? Do you want the the little stupid things that are going to bother you? Or do you want to toughen yourself up physically and mentally by choosing different ways that you can pre-stress yourself or you stress is the uh, another word for it. Um, do you happen to have like your top three best ways to try and de-stress? I'll I'll just throw out one that I use all the time. I refuse, refuse, refuse to ever worry about having anything perfect. So what I always say is I'm experimenting, and and just by saying I'm experimenting, it it gives me the freedom to fail. It gives me the freedom to fall on my petunia. It gives me the freedom to laugh at myself, which is, as you say, is liberating. I'm not saying that's a great one. I'm not saying it's a bad one. But are you aware? What are the what are the common things you tell people to help them de-stress on a regular basis? So the first one I think I, I said already, and I'll just reiterate that exercise is definitely a like it is stressful to exercise. Your heart rate elevates. You get sweaty. Uh, your breathing rate accelerates. These are all signs of stress. Uh, and even like in terms of your immune system as well, your immune system takes a hit when you exercise very hard. These are all signs of stress. Um, but the difference between the the exercise stress versus that jerk in traffic is that you can actually adapt in a productive way from exercise in a way that makes you stronger. So on a physical level, you know, let's say you're bench pressing a hundred pounds just to make the numbers nice and neat. You're bench pressing a hundred pounds. Right now it's very stressful. It's very tough. You're really overwhelmed and having a hard time. Well, you work on that fitness and you you build it up consistently. Then you get to a point where that hundred pounds is your warm up. That's not stressful at all. 
So what happened there? That's actually evidence of your nervous system adapting to those physical stresses. It's exactly what it is. Um, and, you know, by association, there's a mental component as well. So exercise really is one of the strongest things you can do to de-stress or, or pre-stress or prevent stress in general. Really, one of the best things you can do. Uh, other than that, I guess still on a physiological level would be focusing on your breath. Um, and I don't necessarily mean sitting there and meditating, although that's definitely something worth exploring. Uh, but a lot of people breathe through their mouth which sounds like something that might be easy to dismiss, but the way the physical body, the way our bodies are designed to function, you know, our, our nose, our nasal cavity, our sinus cavity is designed in a way that processes the air that we're breathing in a way that's just more efficient than breathing through our mouth. There's a lot of books on this, like Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McCune. Uh, he just came out with another one. I think it's called like The Breathing Cure. Uh, and, and there are others as well that talk about this. So being mindful about how we breathe can actually help. Uh, and, and I won't bore you with the details of why mouth breathing can be harmful. Uh, but let's see, I have two more here being organized. So this is more on a mental level. Uh, mm -hmm. our brains by nature seek patterns. It's even on levels that we're not aware of, our environment is constantly influencing how we think. And when our environment is cluttered and very messy, it makes it tough to operate in a smooth pattern. It makes it tough to recognize regular cues in our environment if our environment is irregular. So on a, I hate to use the word subconscious, but it's really like on an unconscious level, on, aware, on a level that we are not conscious of, those things can become very stressful. At the very least, it makes it tougher to be not stressed. I hope that makes sense. So even if a messy environment is not stressing us out actively, having a messy environment makes it tougher to not be stressed, like to kind of relax. So being organized is one. And I do have one more, seek out challenge. Seek out other forms of stress. Maybe you always wanted to do public speaking and you find it stressful. Well, how do you get past that? You go into the stress. You work towards public speaking and eventually you'll get to a point where you'll be laughing about the idea that you were even stressed about it. You go into the stress. You seek out discomfort because that's, I mean, it goes along with exercise, right? Just like pushing the 100 pounds was very uncomfortable, eventually it becomes not so uncomfortable. So the same thing happens with mental stuff, whether we're talking about applying to a job that we're intimidated by, public speaking, asking out that cute girl, whatever it is, you know, go into that discomfort and you build a callus against that and it becomes less and less uncomfortable. I'd like to add a very small piece to this. Changing ourselves holding ourselves accountable, manning up and taking the first step forward is not easy for any of us. And yet when we do take that first step, the gods take 10 towards us. Remember that. I'd also like to extend a personal invitation to you to join my wait list for the five C's book and community. Imagine being connected with people all around the world who share your concern and passions about this place we call home, our planet Earth. 
Imagine the safety and the joy of being part of something bigger, filled with similar good humans who want to make a difference and are committed to making tiny steps every day. The wait list link is in the show notes. This conversation with Mike has been fascinating. He reinforced something we've known all along. Climate anxiety is real and can afflict anyone. And the solution is something's got to change. I believe all change begins and ends first with us. Because we are living with the unintended consequences of too many decades of decisions based on greed or wealth accumulation. Now, we absolutely cannot do a do-over, but we can do a do-better. And it really doesn't matter what we call it, as long as whatever we do is for the highest good of all.